0: The Beat is back. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Beaverman Beat podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Beaverman Beat. I'm ecstatic to be back, joined with you. Uh, switched up my work schedule a little bit and boy did that throw a wrench into my usual uh, recording timeline Editing timeline, posting timeline, and everything. So I'm excited to be back. i um, It's funny. I just miss in one game, kind of throws everything, throws everything askew, and junks everything up. I'm just unbelievably excited to be back and talking with you as this Beaver football season comes to a conclusion. We are headed down the back stretch. Three conference games remain, and hopefully another two more on the backside. I think we can probably eliminate a chance of playing two postseason games, if you consider, the, I guess, three postseason games, um, with the playoff, just with that loss to Arizona, uh, a two-loss conference champion, maybe. But some things will have to fall our way for sure, including Alabama losing a couple times, um, and maybe some help from the Big Ten as well in regards to Ohio State and Michigan. But the time is not to look forward that far, I will say this episode is going to have a lot of looking forward because I get it, I get it. Can't look, can't skip a game, can't skip the Stanford game, You can't look past it, um, but I'm a fan. I'm not playing the game. I'm not putting on a helmet and chin strap and shoulder pads on Saturday and going out and having to beat Stanford Cardinal. So I am going to look forward, and I think a lot of Beaver fans find themselves in a similar boat. Don't get me wrong, we will talk Stanford. We'll talk what we've missed. Um, the Washington State game, I believe the lead-up to that was the last time that I had an episode put out. So we'll kind of go over a little bit of things that we uh, maybe could have covered and would have covered in the meantime. Um, but the Beavers look good. I, I think um, these games on the road are really a struggle. And that's obvious to see if you just kind of look um, at a, stat, a statistical split for the Beavers. Looking at home and away stats, uh, it, it's rather night and day. Um, See if I can pull up the exact splits that we can get here, and uh, we'll get into those. But before we do, the the schedule is a favorable ride on the way out here. Stanford at home, they're 21-point favorites. They should easily handle this game. UW at home just got announced the game time for that, which I expected it to be, but it is now confirmed it is the 430 ABC. That is the number one time slot for the week. Um, it is a very high chance. The college game day comes back to Corvallis for the first time since late November 2010 when uh, they were in town for the Civil War, which would have decided uh, the Pac-12 championship, or I guess Pac-10 championship at that point, I think. Um, so a lot is on the line for next week, and it is a, truly a blessing that that game is in Reeser and not on the road at Husky Stadium in front of 72,000. Um, that would be, I think, really a bad matchup for the Beavers on the road there. At home, completely different ballgame. At home, I think this is a, a game that uh, is going to be um, maybe one of the greatest games played in Research Stadium of all time. That is my take. I'm going to sit on it, and I'm going to hold it, and it'll be open for a lot of discussion next week uh, when we really break down all the intricacies of this game and get into it. And finally, of course, uh, the final rendition as we know it of the Civil War uh, against Oregon at Oregon. Uh, The only reason that I think that this one doesn't quite have the same mojo about road games is that you get to sleep in your own bed the night before. You don't fly out the night before. You you can go through the same routine that you typically would as a player for a home game and still uh, play on a quote-unquote road game uh, just with that 50, 45-minute drive uh, down the interstate. So getting back to what we were looking at for splits. It something that really caught my eye and almost surprised me here. You know, I think these are it's tricky. These probably have the non-conference games factored in a little bit, but if you take a breakdown of home games versus road games, um, it's pretty even. It's four home games, five road games so far uh, through the year. The, the big number is yards, obviously. On the road, you're giving up 480. You've given up 483 rush yards at home, 461. But where that number really jumps is if you look at the attempts. At home, you've given up 12 more rushing attempts than you have on the road, yet you're also conceding 22 yards. So that the difference isn't maybe as stark as you think it might be. The big difference that I see right here is with kind of the timing of the season. Uh, in August, September, so again, non-conference games are factored in to this one, but you've got five games in September. Uh, you've, you've given up 336 rush yards total. Again, maybe not the strongest of run offenses. The four of those games are Washington State, who has turned out to be awful. San Diego State, not a very good program. UC Davis, an FCS program, and San Jose State's not a very good program. But that number for five games compared to the three games in October in which you gave up 615 yards, I don't know if I said the September number. The September number was 336. You've almost doubled the amount of rushing yards allowed in two less games. And granted, some of these things go hand-in-hand with more efficient running teams. But really, if you look at that, it's just Cal and UCLA. I wouldn't classify Arizona as traditionally being a run the rock team and a team that's very good at it. UCLA be able to throw in some wrinkles when they brought in the new quarterback in the second half and they ran the four running back or the three running back in the quarterback formation, which I had never really ever seen before. Um, So I think a lot of those things threw the Beavers off. Uh, California Jade Knott's a great running back. Jade Knott didn't play that whole game, um, and obviously, missed tackles become a big part of a lot of what we saw in these games. And even in the Colorado game, where you did hold Colorado to negative seven yards, their game plan coming out of the gate in the second half was just throw short passes and try and make make guys miss in open space. They've got great athletes on that team. Obviously, we you could see it. It's where they struggled out in the offensive line. With all the hits that Shadour took, negative seven rushing yards, factored in with all those sacks taking off yards there. The the Beaver secondary is really going to have to, especially for these last two games against Washington and Oregon, they're going to have to tackle an open space. That is the number one thing that they should be focusing on for these two games because Michael Penix can sling it anywhere on the field. He will throw it downfield, he'll throw it short. Their running back just ran for 260 Something yards. Yes, it was USC's defense. By the way, Alex Grinch fired, so they'll have a new defensive coordinator, maybe probably interim for the Oregon game and the rest of the way out. But both those teams, Bucky Irving is not a slouch either. They can run the rock, and Bonex is a. He can throw it downfield, but he's really made his money this season throwing it short and letting his, his star athlete receivers make plays. And that is going to be a matchup that the Beavers are going to have to hone in and focus on. In those two games the splits weren't as drastic as I thought they were and I think a lot of that is with the recency bias where you see in October those numbers are kind of inflated you're giving up 5.4 yards a carry Uh, that's not sustainable at any level of football it's 205 yards a game they were given up on the ground in October compared to 67 in August September so what changed is it just the quality of the opponents you're facing but these open field tackles need to start being made more consistently Otherwise, you're going to find yourselves in dogfights all the way throughout where then just bounces can go your way or the other way. We saw it in the Arizona game where just a couple things, yeah, maybe some play calling could be questioned, but there are other plays in that game where if it goes just a little bit different the other way, I mean, that's the name of the game in college football. Uh, Arizona's seen that to a tee. Two of their three losses are in overtime. Ball bounces a couple different ways there. They could be, realistically, uh, they could be sitting just as high as Oregon State is uh, in the standings this year with uh, their USC loss was in overtime, their UW loss was by a touchdown, and their Mississippi State loss was early in the season, I think week one or two, and in overtime. So there's a lot of things that if you let some of those things happen in snowball, like missing tackles and allowing chunk yardage, those just kind of make those inch plays, those plays that could go either way so much greater and magnified. That uh, really can swing the effects of the games where maybe a fumble here uh, or, you know, a I don't know, a, a missed block here or there won't totally take you out. A penalty won't take you out of your game flow and won't ruin everything that you've got going. Uh, we saw that a little bit late in the Colorado game where, I mean, that's a seven point game. That game should not have been a seven point game. Um, I don't know the name of the Twitter page, but they put up a graphic each week of, like, a, I think they call it, like, the how bad did you get beat. And they use net offensive and defensive analytical stats to chart out, you know, how regardless of what the scoreboard says, where you, were you beat that week and how bad. And I think Oregon State had like the seventh biggest win of the week, yet they only won by seven points. So it's one of those things that if you can just shore up those things, especially Stanford's a great game to do it. This is kind of where the schedule blessed us, whereas Washington's just having to go USC last week. They got Utah this week and they have to go to Corvallis next week. Oregon's not playing the easy schedule either. They've got Cal last week, okay. And then they've got USC this week. They have Utah next week in Utah. And then they are host the Beavers. There's a lot of things that can happen there. And it's nice that the Beavers kind of have this game against Stanford to tune things up, correct the tackling, really focus on it because skill-wise, you are a better team than the Stanford team. Stanford, they've got a little ways to go. I know they just beat Washington State. Something's up on the Palouse. I think those guys know that Jake Dickert is gone. I think they caught wind of it during their bye week. And that team just has not been the same since. I was talking with a resident Cougar fan, uh, Kyle Montgomery. I I don't know if it is just that that team, maybe when they lost their second game and they realized they're out of the Pac-12 championship race, they're out of a a New Year's Six Bowl, they're out of the college football playoff. I don't know if their sights are ever... I mean, after 4-0 and a top-16 win at home... Uh, Maybe your thoughts aren't thinking uh, that you could make a run for the CFP in the final year of the Pac-12. But once that second loss hit, it seemed like that team just kind of took the wind out of their sails um, and kind of just packed it in. Uh, I haven't watched much Cougar football uh, since really week four, week five, and the Oregon game. But... That team is totally deflated, so Stanford going on the road there and winning 10-7 is an ugly, ugly game. Washington State is not a premier defense, so Stanford only putting up 10 points there um, should still say a little bit of something. I think it'll be a great crowd. I think it will sell out come Saturday. There's 500 seats left um, as of this morning. I think that'll that'll fill out. That'll close up. 2.30 is a kind of great kickoff time uh, for Saturday. Uh, Veterans Day get some families down there. Um, I think that's what the Beavers kind of market this out the rest of the week is is get your family down for um, one more game because uh, that 4.30 Washington game is already sold out. Resale tickets are insane. I think you can still get a standing room for 99 um, But it, it's going to – if you're uh, wanting to get down and take maybe a, a larger group of people, maybe the family down to a game this, this year, um, I would probably hone in on Saturday and get down there for the Stanford game. And it should be a good one. It should be a good one, uh, especially – if the family or the kiddos like seeing points, because I think the Beavers will put up plenty of them. I think the running backs will have a, a heyday. I think DJU will throw for a couple. Um, I think I, th- I think we might see Childs for another drive than just one. I don't know. Uh, that's pure speculation. I have nobody giving me information on this. I, I think, um, I mean, Smith addressed it in his post-game press conference that it crossed their mind last week in the Colorado game. If they wanted to give Childs another drive, I think if you get a lead up, um, above maybe two possessions. I think the fourth quarter is going to be Chiles. Uh, give DJ some time to sit back and really rest up for the gauntlet of these final two games. With the currently, this is a Monday, so I'm, these will probably be, I don't know, they might be the same for tomorrow night. Um, I wouldn't be as shocked to see UW jump maybe Florida State. Um, but the number current number five and number six teams in the country, back-to-back weeks. Uh, tough way to go out, but I think the Beavers are right there with them. I think the Beavers will be top 10 uh, come the 18th. And if they pull off that game against Washington, I think you got like a number four and a number eight, maybe number seven game in Eugene. I think game day would do back. Oh, it's a Friday. Never mind. Scratch that. Scratch that. Anyways, huge, huge weekend coming up for the Beavers. Take care of business. Stay healthy. Get healthy, especially in the defensive backfield. uh, The depth there is going to be imperative to how the season wraps up here. Got to stay healthy again. You got to be deep. Um, some of these teams, Washington and Oregon, especially, will they can gas you out and just run you off and throw deep every once in a while, and then work in the dunk downs and the the dump offs and really stretch your defense out. Uh, so it's going to be important for the defense to focus in there and for the run game in the offense. I think you just have to stay true to who you are. They've really started to try and throw the ball a lot more the last couple weeks, and it's resulted in the two lowest point totals since the Utah game, and Utah's got one of the best defenses in the Pac-12. So th- there's things there that you got, you got to kind of work a little bit and manipulate, and I get it. It's tricky with the running back situation with Jam departing out. You've only got three spo- er, scholarship running backs, especially when you get now into the most important time of the year where realistically, however many games you're playing after Stanford, they're all against ranked opponents because you're playing Washington, Oregon, If you get a Pac-12 championship, you're playing one of those two again. If you win that, you're playing a New Year's Six Bowl. And even if you lose it, you're playing in the Alamo Bowl. I don't know. There's not many ranked Big 12 teams. But you're probably playing Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. So there's a lot going on, and you've got to be healthy at this time of the year. So I think that's why we see a lot of, earlier in the year, Martinez not getting 20 carries. Um, That's why I don't think we're seeing a lot of Isaiah Newell it's because you need to have insurance. If one of those guys goes down, then you only got two scholarship backs and a run-heavy offense. All the love to, uh, to Reichel, but he just doesn't have the experience. He's a walk-on. So they've got to kind of stretch this out. I think that's why we're seeing a little bit more of the passing game being or, uh, being used a little bit. Uh, both running backs had fumbles last week. That's a little bit of a cause for concern. Um Just a couple things they got to tidy up, which I think is really nice. The Stanford game falls where it is, when it does, and then they have a home game after it. No travel for the next two weeks. Um, That bye week and then road game, road game, really sucks. I don't remember the last time that has been the schedule for the Beavers, but man, the, the Beavers have not played in Corvallis since October 14th. It'll almost be a full month before they're back at home in front of the Research Stadium Faithful. That's a lot of time. And maybe that'll spark the Beavers this weekend, and get them. I don't even say back on the right path because they never. Can't say they've strayed too far off path. They are one touchdown away from being nine and zero. this isn't uh, the seven and two. They're the highest ranked two loss team in college football. They lost to Washington State on the road by three. Arizona on the road also by three. This team is marginally, marginally off from being an undefeated program. And being right there, it's hard to imagine what they'd be ranked if they are undefeated. You'd have to think with two ranked victories, they'd probably be a bump above Oregon. I don't know. Oregon looks really, really good. Uh, so tough to say there. And we'll jump more into Oregon probably in that week. Right now, um, probably just stay focused on what is in front as a whole. Just because I don't think there's too much to talk about uh, when it comes to the Stanford game. Um, Quick tidbit, I'm not going to get too much in on it, and I will be taking kind of that season off a little bit, Uh, but basketball kicks off today, tip-off in four hours from right now, it's 10.30, it's recording, Uh, they will play host to the Linfield Wildcats, and then the women's team uh, will welcome in at 12, or I'm sorry, at 5.30, uh, I believe they've got Southern Oregon, uh, and they'll come in to get both of their seasons started. So you'd hope to see a couple wins there for sure uh, and maybe get the Beavers off on the right foot. Michael Ratai is going to be off for about a month, it sounds like, because of a sprained ankle. Uh, so a big loss to start the season for the Beavers. But thankfully, looking at that season, you can give that up. It's not the end of the world, if you will, for, for that regard. Uh, a pretty soft non-conference schedule. Besides that tournament in Brooklyn, uh, where I think you've got like Baylor, Florida, and some other Power 5 team with pretty good historically basketball-wise. Um, maybe a good chance for the Beavers to turn some heads. Uh, kind of similar to how they had the, the PK game a couple years ago where they, they had Duke on the on the ropes all the way up to... I think that game went to overtime. Um, but yes, Hoops gets kicked off today uh, getting into that time of the year and also construction has begun on uh, the new addition to Goss Stadium. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar, they are putting in uh, essentially like a, it's a practice facility. So there's going to be I think, batting cages and things of that sort in center field. Um, they've taken out those big, tall, there's three trees um, that were behind the uh, batter's eye and, and we'll put in what is eventually going to be, I think the groundwork for permanent seating in the outfield. It looks like they're kind of setting it up to be added on and it'll have a whole concourse that runs the outfield and it'll really be, um, a nice addition to Goss. I think that is the the last thing that they really need to focus on is just getting uh, permanent seating into the outfield for the baseball stadium uh, because it will look damn nice once it's out there. Uh, So they do have it on the webcam. It's not quite like the recent one where it's a live footage, um, but it looks like they update pictures of it every couple minutes. Um, But the Marine course is gone. I heard that's just being moved, so it won't be completely gone. Uh, but it seems that gone are the days of Beaver players having to run across the street to get into uh, McAlexander Fieldhouse to use the batting cages over there, which is probably a little overdue for one of the best teams on the West Coast and in the country in college baseball in the last century, to, or not century, I'm sorry, in the last two decades. Um, side note on baseball: I have gotten my tickets to Omaha, uh, so we will be out there. Beavers have a great shot baseball-wise to make it there this year. Um, and if they do, I will be boots on the ground covering them. Um, hopefully we can get quite a few of uh, members of Beaver Nation out there to check in as well. Uh, all right, circling around back to football on the home stretch here. We will wrap it up in what things look like for tiebreaker sake, for uh, playoffs sake, for conference championship sake. Um, obviously, the best route for the beavers is to win out. Um, I think that kind of goes without saying. Uh, but what does that mean for the other teams? That means Oregon's got two conference losses, uh, same as Oregon State. So if Oregon State can beat Oregon in that final game, um, Oregon State will have the tiebreaker, uh, which would be a huge thing. because I, I don't think it will come down to being just a two-team tiebreaker for that second spot in the Pac-12 championship. Uh, I think there's a couple teams that can definitely – Still, kind of hang there and make it. Utah being one of them, Uh, but that kind of throw Oregon and Utah got to play next week. So you know, a rock and a what is it? A a wall or a rock and an immovable object or something like that. Uh, Something's got to happen. Someone's got to lose. And if it's Utah, uh, they're done. They will be um, no longer in the running for a conference tournament or for the conference championship. Uh, And if it's Oregon. It really still all will fall down to that Oregon State game then because winner will have two losses, loser will have three. A sneaky one is USC still only has two conference losses. I do expect them to lose this weekend to Oregon and then essentially be eliminated in Arizona. A team that I don't think any of us really saw being where they are. They've also only got two losses and they've got wins over Oregon State it's going to be a real battle to see who can get there it's, it's i think the key is is staying at two conference losses uh, there is a road for sure there that three conference losses could invoke another tiebreaker but uh, but right now you would hope to see obviously the beavers kind of just win out finish 7 and 2 in the conference and probably play washington i don't see washington losing all three of their remaining games um, although they 've got a tough one this week, but I, I think that they, they pull it out and I think they 'll end up just okay it's seven and0 eight and then hopefully drop seven and one last time they were last two teams those time, last two times those teams have played. Uh, the games have been settled on last second field goals. Um, Everett hit one uh, two years ago with half of a stadium and early in the season and then obviously last year. In a funky, funky game, um, the Huskies took one and, and booted it through at the last second to win that one. So it'll be a great game, I think, in Corvallis for that one. I think Reese Stadium is a huge advantage, obviously, for the Beavers. I think, uh, I remember at the UCLA game that there was numbers out that, like, the percentage of tickets actually scanned was the highest amount uh, ever, I believe, for Oregon State. I, I think that number will get beat again uh, if when this Washington game happens. You know, I think we might be looking at close to, or as close as you possibly can. I mean, it was like with the resale market now and things, people will never kind of use their ticket to show up. But I think we'll be as close as you possibly can to 100 as far as percentage of ticket scanned goes for that game. Um, and it'll put Reese really to its highest volume, which should be a great eye test for the Beavers on a nationally televised game. I think game day will be there. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get Josh Pate in the late kick show to come out. I think that'd be great coverage for us. Uh, There's the McAfee show being on campus. Hey, you about uh, Pat McAfee? Uh, I'm personally not a huge fan, but it's hard to ignore that he has a ton of eyeballs that follow him. And getting him on campus could be something huge for Oregon State and where the future of the program resides. It seems like everything is a bit too late to be settled for the 24 season. But you know, the next two years beyond that, everything is still fluid. So, the time is is to not give up. Is certainly here. Uh, it's it's kind of where the nose is hitting the grindstone. Um, on that, the date of the Washington game just happens to be four days after the court hearing of the Pac twelve Pac two versus the Traders' ten. What's to come of that? It's been pretty quiet on that front um, ever since kind of discovery and and the lawsuit has really started. Obviously, there's a lot of things that can't be leaked there and can't be discussed. Uh, But I think there is a lot more clarity on the situation come November 14th. There might be more clarity on the situation just this weekend. Um, I'm not sure if this is something that we want or that everybody wants to get to that trial on the 14th. So it seems like things are going to be ramping up. I would expect the schedule for the next season, maybe the next two seasons, real soon from Oregon State and Washington State. Uh, They kind of have to. Otherwise, they are going to be losing a lot of players to the transfer portal when that opens up. I think it opens up on either December 4th or December 14th. I know there's a four in there. Um, I'll check real quick for you. But that is the absolute last day that they can have and um, a little bit of unknown going uh, for you. Yeah, it looks like it'll open on December 4th this season. So (laughs) if anything... Your hard deadline is less than a month from today. You should know uh, the future of the program looks like, who we're playing, who's coming to Corvallis, where we're going. Um, One thing you do know is Purdue's coming to Corvallis next year, so there'll be a big game there. Uh, You just hope that there's enough names on that schedule and enough eyeballs on that schedule that you can keep a lot of these big names around. Um, That is going to wrap up everything I've got for today's edition of the Beaverman Beat. Um, I'm going to get ready for some hoops Uh, Trek into that. Um, I'm just gonna let the Peyton years take take the whole basketball season to themselves. um, And the Bleed Reeves they they do a great job covering both of that. Um, Basketball is tricky for me to watch with the all the stuff on the Pac-12 network. I don't have cable, and half the time it works on my computer, and half the time it doesn't. Um, So I'll just kind of take that as a as another time off a little bit, and we'll really start breaking into college baseball. Uh, I do expect for most of my stuff with College Baseball will be now through uh, College Baseball Central's Twitter account and and more of their platforms rather than this one. So this might switch to kind of a football slash big relevant Beaver news only. Uh, But in the meantime, I'll kind of keep you updated on that and more information, obviously, on the College Baseball once it gets here because the Beavers are going to be good. So uh, get your tickets and That schedule's not quite out. You can kind of piece some things in. And I saw people doing that on Twitter the other day because some other teams do have theirs out. So you can see the weekend that the Beavers are scheduled there. I think it's like Arizona State, Washington, Arizona, and there's one other team that's got their schedule out already. Um, so some some eyeballs there. And then also, of course, you have the game against Arkansas in Texas early on in the season, uh, a little early season tournament, if you will. So a lot to look forward to uh, through the rest of this 2023 24 Oregon State athletic season. Uh, <clears throat> let alone uh, the promise that the women's basketball team has bouncing back from a, an injury that was riddled with, with, with injuries. Uh, and hopefully, they can write the course there uh, in softball as well to kind of keep their momentum up and, and keep right and Hopefully, make a return uh, to Oklahoma come the end of the season. Um, but I'm going to bounce it off for now. I will chat with you all next week after the Stanford game. And we're going to really dive into this UW game because, like I said, and I'll stand by it, this might be the biggest game to have been played at Razor Stadium. Uh, All right, until then, signing off once more. Thank you for tuning back into the Beaverman Beat. I will be with you next week. Have a good week, rest of the week and a good weekend as always. Go Bees!